We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. The baseball season is go, go, go. It's nonstop, relentless for every night, six straight months, and then hopefully another month in October. You also have work, friends, family, and a million other things going on. That's when you reach for a Coors Light. It's made to chill. There's only one beer out there that's literally made to chill, and that's Coors Light. I mean, the mountains on the bottles and cans even turn blue when your beer is cold. Is there anything better than opening up your refrigerator after a long day, seeing that icy cold Coors Light can or bottle in your fridge? The answer is no, there's nothing better. That's why when it's time to chill, you choose Coors Light. It's mountain cold refreshment made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So that's why when you want to hit reset, reach for a beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. And as always, celebrate. We are breaking down all aspects of Yankee baseball. This is the Bronx Pinstripe Show with your hosts, Andrew Rotondi and Scott Reinen. Let's go. What's up, everyone? Welcome to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. This is episode 416, still quarantined from here till eternity, it seems like. It's only been a week, but it might as well have been a year in my life because I we've lost track of days. I've lost, I don't go outside much. Up is down, down is up. People are saying bad bye when they leave. Bad bye. The, the, uh, the mustache is gone, so that's a positive thing. I no, know that was short lived. I was really surprised that Leanne even allowed that thing to happen for, you know, as long as it did. But um, well, she was not happy when she got home and saw that I had shaved my beard into a mustache just out of boredom. <laughs> I'm surprised you didn't do the Mike Fires cattail. So I originally. You could have really gotten her on that one. And if you're going, you were going on another podcast, like, you know, get weird. Or I did didn't you feel bad. I, I mistakenly ended up on video on that other podcast. <laughs> I was doing it for this podcast, except we never got there. I should have shaved Sunday morning as we're recording this. I originally did. I just want to see what I look like with a goatee. Mm-hmm. And oh, uh, like a dirty scumbag. Not good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not, spoiler. Not like good. definitely a guy that should not be having a goatee. 
but I regret doing that because what I should have done, like you said, is the Mike Fires thing where you start at one sideburn and you go up through the uh, the mustache and up to the other sideburn or make a little weird. Oh, no, 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 no. That's thing. not what he did. He went from one sideburn down around chin strap roundabout through right, the mustache. Right, right. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. a disgusting cattail that literally looked like a cattail. And we all know I love cats. Like that's on your face. <laughs> and uh, like it, it kind of grossed me out when he, I made a joke of it when he came out and I and did that and I made the um, I made the mustache move. I made it like a gif so that it was like yeah. a, a flowing. It, it kind of grossed me out when I did when I was like creating that gif. <laughs> so I don't really like thinking about it because it's disgusting. But yeah, you should have done that at least. You should have gone for it. I looked like a guy that sits in his driveway with no shirt on, drinking Bud Heavy all afternoon. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, as long as you're six feet away from other people, go to town. That's true. Your driveway, you could be. Yeah. You go to any park in New York City right now, and no one's social distancing. There's thousands and thousands of people in the park. Even still? Yes. Mm. Yeah, I'm surprised. I'm surprised. I got, drunk like... in the, I got drunk in the park yesterday. Well, there you go. <laughs> I'm surprised social pressure enough hasn't like, kept more people away, to tell you the truth. I think people are starting to go crazy. All the restaurants and everything are closed. You can go and get takeout, but that's mm -hmm. it. Stores are closed unless they're essential items, grocery stores, pharmacies, hardware stores, etc. Most people are just stuck in their house all day working. Like we were talking about before we hit record. That's business as usual for you. Yeah. You've been training for this for a decade. <laughs> yeah, I know. Most people, I have the luxury of, in my job, I could work from home one day a week if I wanted to or if I needed to for some reason. And that's nice. You, It's a nice breakup in your day. You, it's it's a different routine. You don't have to get on the subway. You don't have to do a commute, and that's nice. But when you're doing it every day and there's no separation from your work life to your life life, it's it's bizarre. It's messing with my head. It's so much so I'm making myself have a mustache. Yeah, no, that we were talking about that. It's it's definitely a uh, this whole thing. It, it's hard to explain on my side because I have been working from home for so long that I'm so used to it now. And yeah, I do have a separate office, so it's a room I can leave and then go nice. about to, for the rest of my house. You so can physically close a door on your workday. Yes, there there is a, but it never happens. That that I, that's yeah, not it, a realistic thing. That's the thing. But, that's what people. But some people could, don't realize that could happen. Yeah, it could happen. But usually, what happens is is you leave that door. Oh, and then all of a sudden, your laptop comes with you, and like everything yeah. else is still there, or you go back in. So. Um, yeah, it's it's a little bit. It's not as much of a, a difference for me. So, it's uh, it, when I see everybody else losing their minds, like I I get it because that's how I was in the beginning of working from home too. So, um, it's just an unfortunate situation, man. And I don't know where the end is. My sister's in Spain, <laughs> like they're oh, totally really? locked down. Yeah, she's in Madrid. Wait, so she's in Madrid, like in the center of it. Were they traveling for vacation at the time? No, no, no. She's teaching over there. She's there. She's living oh. there, and she's um. And, you know, she's in a weird spot, too, because, you know, they're not working or they're doing some stuff from home and basically saying that if you are to leave the country, you you have to be able to come back when we restart. And that's just not a sure thing. So, you know, now you're losing your job. So there's decisions to be made. And who knows? They're, they just extended it another two weeks today in Madrid as far as the state of emergency, which I probably will think it will go longer than that. But, yeah, so she's yeah, they're, they keep they're writing it. tickets. They're writing tickets to people who are out on the street. Mm -hmm. so she can't yeah like you go to the grocery store you can go to the pharmacy that's it yeah 
Nah, that obviously has not happened in New York. I hope it doesn't happen because the hour and a half walk you can take in, in an afternoon after your workday is like the only thing keeping me sane at this point. Yeah, I saw someone. I saw an article from a guy in Spain. In Mad- I think it was Madrid or somewhere that was trying to walk a, a fake dog <laughs> just so that he could get outside because you're allowed to <laughs> walk his dog. Like, yeah, that was a good time to get a dog though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's a it's a companion. It's uh, you know you do have to go outside to let the dog go to the bathroom. Yeah. Multiple benefits. A lot of uh, adoptions are probably up. So I saw a tweet and it has since been clarified, but the tweet was that Governor Cuomo expected the present lockdown to last four to nine months, comma, ballpark, which is crazy because it's like such a huge ballpark. And what I guess he actually said was that the virus will last four to nine months. You know, those are, I don't want to get too deep into the actual virus, but th- those things are tied together. As long as the virus is lasting and it's spreading, we're going to be on lockdown. But I made the analogy, like if I have four drinks tonight, I'm going to wake up tomorrow morning and I'm going to have a headache. If I have nine drinks tonight, I'm going to wake up, I'm going to be running to the bathroom and I'm going to be hung over until Tuesday. Those are two drastically different Mondays that I'm going to have between four and nine, four months, nine months. Very different <laughs> scenarios for our society and the impacts on it on a four to nine month window well the benefit of what you just said is that now you could have that bad monday and it's the same as the good monday because you're still at home yeah i guess so still have to, <laughs> still have to log on and work though yeah no it's still. a it, it, it's pretty weird but um yeah i don't know what's gonna happen but we'll continue to say that i guess but we're gonna keep uh powering through we still got a bunch of stuff to talk about we had a lot of people we had some really good articles on the website this uh, this we're week, I know we're going to talk about those. Run and down those, yeah. Get, uh, well, you, you know did- what I forgot to say? And, oh, we'd say it. Today's show is brought to you by Bet Online. They've upped their offer in these trying times. You now get a 100% sign-up bonus. Yeah, and although, by the way, there's, uh, there's other things to bet on now. That's the beauty. Here's the beauty about what I like about what these, uh, you know, these gaming companies and BetOnline.ag is doing. They have... Sports, they have sports books, they have online casinos, blackjack. It's like 1995 again, baby. Like you, online, online gambling is back. I'm, I, it's going to be probably bigger and and better than ever, right? Because now you can, liquor stores are the only thing booming right now. Yeah, so um, go on there and uh, play some some uh, some hold'em, play some blackjack. Do we've it been up. doing our do it responsibly. Doing, do it responsibly. Always <laughs> drink responsibly too. Yeah. We've been doing our part to get people through these hard times. We've been doing more shows actually than we would have if the season was just actually starting, believe yeah. it or not. Last week, episode 413, we released uh, Orioles preview. 414 was Blue Jays preview. I did a history of MLB shortened seasons episode that was a little bit different. That was episode number 415. I think I might do some more of those. That was fun to put together. It was good. I liked it a lot, actually. I thought it was... uh, See, now we have Professor Rotondi and Dr. Reinen. So you guys are... We're we're evolving as this podcast. You know, look, we're getting older. We're obviously more wise now, beyond our years, I think. So we we have a scholar and a a medical professional. Maybe I found my calling. There you go. There you go. And then tomorrow on Tuesday will be a Red Sox preview, and then we'll finish it off Wednesday with a Rays preview. We went in order by accident, in order worst to best in how they finished underneath the Yankees last year. Yeah, no, it was fun. I uh, the 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 Rays podcast uh, spoke with um, Kevin Weiss. He is a Rays podcaster down there. He's really good, man. We had a good time. We definitely spent the last ten minutes just like 
complaining about Tampa and doing a lot of things. They're, you know, they have some complaints too. It's not like they love the trough either. It's, it's funny when you talk to a fan that covers the team. Uh, he also is on the radio too, so he's more than a fan. He's, he's, I'll call him a journalist with, with that, that's also a fan. Um, there's frustrations there with that side of it. Like they have a we good team. We just don't hear it because there's fewer of them. Well, and we're making fun of them a lot too. So like there's that element of it. And I really tried to not make fun of them as much as humanly possible. But you know, it was really hard for me. It was really hard for me. <laughs> well, we know your history with the Trump. <laughs> yeah. I even talked about that, but uh, no, it was fun. It was, it was actually a, a good time talking about it. And for the Red Sox, I talked to Chad Jennings of The Athletic. He's been on the show for like the last three or four years and I'm sure you guys are all following him because he used to cover the Yankees at one point in time and now is covering the Red Sox in Boston. Always fun to talk to him. We do have a couple bits of Yankees news. I'm putting it in quotes because I don't know if there's anything really constitute news at this point. Updates? Updates. Information from Yankees camp? When we last spoke on mon- last Monday or last Sunday night going into last Monday, the Yankees were all going to stay together in camp. And they were going to work out and it was going to be a camaraderie thing. And we loved it. This team was sticking together. And we quickly realized how long are they going to stay there? Because this thing's not ending anytime soon. So I think as more information came, Aaron Boone realized and the rest of the team realized this is not realistic to stay here for months and months and potentially four to nine months. Who the hell knows? And they some Yankees have started to go home Boone said he's going to head up to New York the camp will still be open some guys are still down there I know Tyler Wade talked to the media and he said that there's limited gym workouts and they only allow three players in there at a time so they're trying to social distance amongst themselves in in the clubhouse and in the in the facilities and stuff like that yeah I mean I you know they're gonna they're still gonna take care of the people that are down there I think obviously there's going to be some some people that stay around depending on what their situation is with life, but people that have families and, you know, you have a, a full-time home somewhere. <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't be there if, they, if I was in their situation. There's, there's no, there's no doubt when you see that this thing really has the potential to go on for a, a, a much longer time than, uh, you know, all of the limitations right now where the restrictions are on. Um, I'm going I'm back sure home, the I'm going back home with my family and they know that too. But I'm sure the Yankees have instructed the players on how to stay ready. Yeah, ready-ish. Keep getting your work in, what you can do in your own home, whether it's exercising in a gym, throwing outside. You're essentially treating it like it the off-season at this point. I mean, that's what you're yeah, doing. You're treating, you're treating it. There's going to be another spring training if they restart. You're treating it like January. Yeah. Yeah, there's going to – I mean, these guys are going to have to ramp up. Arden uh, Zwelling and I, the uh, Sportsnet Toronto, we're talking about this in the sense that they have to um, – you know, the way that they're preparing, the way that they're going to come back in a spring training, like these guys are incentivized to come back faster monetarily. Like they, they don't get paid unless they're playing. Like there are right. things that are happening with the way that they get paid and, you know, uh, directly correlated and tied with them playing on a field for real. So the second spring training is going to be probably expedited, which means the beginning of the season, quote, season, what, however they do this, is going to be ugly. It's going to be, it's going to be a messy. It's going to be, we're going to, I don't know what, you know, probably some guys getting injured more often because they're not as, that'd be for real. Oh, great. I Maybe that'll the shorten season was going to prevent injuries because guys are going to be fresher. You're saying more injuries. Dr. Yeah. Cause Scott. I don't think, I think the preparation time before they get, I think people are going to act like they're ready when they're not and try to push it faster than they normally would, which because what they have to they, get on the field. 
Yeah, because they're, they're going to have to have another spring training. They're going to have to play exhibition games again. But then you're just burning days on the calendar that you could be playing real games. That's what I'm talking about. So these exhibition games are going to be more limited. It's going to be like, prepare yourselves as well as you can. Inner squad, do whatever. Maybe a few of these spring training games, but we're not going to waste the playing time. We're going to They go. might take five days and play split squad get 10 games in in five days and just do it that way. It's going to be more about the pitchers that are, that are able to throw, you know, the longer, the longer periods. And I just assume that rosters will be expanded because of that. And then it won't be as much of an issue. Maybe there'll be a date where rosters get cut back down. Who knows? But yeah, the first 30 days of the new season, maybe you get expanded rosters yeah. just to have more guys on the, in your pitching staff because guys can't go right. 100 pitches. Like these, these are the types of, of changes and implementations that I can see baseball doing. Those are the types of things. Like There are other things that we could get nuts and be creative. Uh, you know, It's baseball still. Whether they'll do that or not, it's still up for debate, obviously. But you know, history has told us, Professor Rotondi, that the, base, the baseball people do not do things like this. They just don't. Um, no, they tend to do stupid things, though. Yeah, and very boring things. But, you know, the other thing is, is like when I'm looking at what's going to happen, we were talking about this uh, little teasers for my, uh, my, Tampa, my Tampa Bay Devil Rays talk, which I actually did. Held, you call them the Devil I held back. No, I, I was being respectful. I, I really, I, again, I told you, I was, very tr- I was trying very hard because actually they are a good baseball team. I so, hope. you know, what, for whatever that is, they're a good baseball team. They're actually a scary baseball team. And I said, and for 90 or 100 games, they could hang there. That's the what I'm talking about. And when you have an ugly beginning of a season, and when you have a lot of teams that are swing and miss or home run, I think those guys are going to struggle more in the beginning. Whereas you have a, a team that makes more contact, a little bit more creative in the way they do things. I think we're going to see those teams probably excel a little bit more in the beginning because they're getting on base in different ways. They're taking the extra bag. Like I could see the Rays doing those types of things, making a lot of contact, making people, you know, put the ball in play type thing and really forcing the, forcing the, the, you know, the good throws and, uh, and with their top three pitching, look, they're, they're dangerous. Getting worried. You sound a little worried about the race. I'm just saying they're dangerous. They are. Their top three are as good as anybody. Yeah. 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 We got news on judge who had a CT scan to evaluate the healing rib and it showed slight improvement. That's good. But it also showed, they just slipped this in there. It revealed that his partially collapsed lung is now healed. Oh, good. Oh, you didn't know he had a partially collapsed lung? Neither did we. No one did. I just assumed it was the lung collapse in there. (laughs) Isn't that what happens? I mean, your theory about this whole rib thing was that they removed the rib. That was one of my favorites. Well, so maybe when they remove the rib, they go through the lung. Um, I said that jokingly on, on the podcast. Yes. Do you know Boone actually said that in a press conference? No. Yeah. I had someone uh, tweet me the press conference. Boone said, <laughs> Boone said they could remove the rib. They could remove the rib if it were, became an issue. If it didn't I assumed heal. surgery meant fusing the bone. That's yeah. just what I assumed. Right. But an alternative surgery is to remove the rib. So, you know, maybe when they were doing exploratory surgery on our franchise player, they punctured a lung because that's possible. Or did he have the collapsed lung dating back to last September when he dove? Probably. And worked out all offseason with it because he's been coughing blood for the entire winter. (laughs) That's what I'm saying. How do you not know he had a... How did he not know he had a collapsed lung? How did MRIs and everything not figure that out in the offseason? I have no idea. It sounds very serious. Did... Having a collapsed lung sounds very 
very painful. And I'm sure like to, depending on the level of, you know, how that is in an individual, I've, I talked about this in the past, like those chest injuries, a lot of them can feel very similar to the person who has it, right? You can have, you can have a cracked rib, you could have a bruised sternum, you could have like a, a bunch of these things in inside your chest that feel to you similar, like a little bit of discomfort when you're, when you're breathing, like maybe to touch, like things like that can happen on a number of these strains can happen and they all can feel similar. So, you know, well, know. as a doctor, how, how do you evaluate the fact that James Paxton is able to do a terrible cartwheel on Instagram stories last night? I'm not liking it. Not liking it. I'm not liking the form. I'm not liking the fact that he's videotaping this. I'm not like the fact that he thinks that's okay, especially in the, the fact in the, that he thinks it's okay to put out there that doing oh, it in the fine. way People that he's like doing it. it. It's very clear that he doesn't know how to do it. So there's no control of the body. There's there's a lot of like, you know reckless abandon for what's happening at the, the, at the bottom of that spinal cord and in the hip and things that are going on. I don't know how you're going to land. I don't know how that feet, the foot's going to go down. I don't even know how your arm is going to sustain the weight as you try to go over the top of your other, of the, your entire body. It didn't work well, which I'm glad it didn't because it didn't look like there was a lot of And also the strain. space he was doing it in was not exactly that large of a space. It looked like a, a pretty small living room den area where they were watching TV and we've got a guy who, if you're James Paxton, this couldn't work out any better for you. You, you avoided having to miss the start of the season because of this coronavirus shutdown. It's lining up where James Paxton is actually going to be able to pitch when baseball resumes again. Yeah. And you're just he's, tempting he's so, fate. He's so happy about that that he's doing cartwheels. You're tempting fate <laughs> at a point where he could just be sitting on the couch fully healing to 110%. Look, I got to be honest with you. I don't, I, these guys are all going to do these things. I just don't want to see it. You know what I mean? Like don't videotape you doing weird athletic, unathletic things that you're, but then when we find out he had a setback and we're all wondering why, okay, fine. But we know what these jackasses are doing in their, in their free time. But when you're, they're dicking around doing cartwheels, it's very easy for us to look at him and say that that was dumb. He's just acting like, a jackass with his family, like being being a normal person. I have no problem with any of that. When's the last time you just you, you just told me today you woke it. up this morning with a sore back? No, I didn't wake up with a sore back. I woke up, got out of bed, and took a step towards Kemp's room. Nothing abnormal, and I threw and my my left and now my back is killing me, and I, like a, a, a spasm or something happened. When's the last time you did a cartwheel? It's been a very long time, but I have done somersaults recently. And they were not <laughs> explain. Well, I'm just showing Kemp how to do a somersault. Oh, okay, gotcha. It, it it didn't feel good. It didn't feel athletic. I could tell you that much. I it's not exaggerating. It might be 15 years since I've done a cartwheel. Or I've never been able to do a cartwheel. Yeah. So the last yeah, time I, I don't think I've ever been my... able to land a cartwheel where you do it straight, your legs are straight, and you land back on your feet. No, you but... think it looks good, but it doesn't. It looks terrible. It looks. Pro- he probably thought that looked good. And then he saw it on video. He was like, oh, maybe, so I, should, why maybe, I, should, it? maybe I shouldn't have posted this. <laughs> yeah. Well, stay healthy, Paxton. Stay healthy, Judge. This is the time not to push it. You can relax right now. You can rest, like I said, to 110%. You've got all the time you need. Yeah. When else are you going to have this? This is a unique scenario for these guys to, to fully rest up. God forbid we take advantage of it. I know. And on the coronavirus front a second yankee minor leaguer tested positive the first one was revealed to be denny laranato he was he's a pitching prospect did i butcher his last name it doesn't 
no, Lorando, I don't know what it is. Lorando, yeah. So here's what I'm, I don't understand about the whole coronavirus thing. Why, why do we all have to like Lerando. know the people who have the vote? That's why I, I, don't I was this. surprised they revealed his name. They're doing it. It's like breaking news sometimes of like, oh my goodness, so-and-so has the coronavirus. Like, Kevin these guys Durant. are sick. Like, let, just let them be like in their apartment, not talking to other people. Like, why do we have to tell everybody that they're, it's just weird. It's weird Sean to me. Sean Payton. It's just weird to me. It's like, it's like, yeah, like breaking news. So and so has the coronavirus, and guess what? They're still in their house. I mean, okay, like yeah, there's a lot of people that have it. That's that's what's happening. Why do we have to identify like all the people that we know their name about who they have? Yeah, I was surprised we learned the name of the guy. Like, from the people are making like social media graphics for this. I get it. the people in minor league camp and within the Yankees facility should know who it is because they need to know when's the last time I came in contact with that person, etc. Sure. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. But the public has no need for that name. Yeah, I agree with you. It's medical information. Isn't that supposed to be held to the closest? No, to the we jet? know how the Yankees handle medical information. They don't even tell the actual patient. They don't tell Dell and Patances that the MRI they did on his arm when they drafted him revealed a bone spur in his elbow. No. But guess what? We're also not hearing if somebody has like, you know, uh, if somebody, you know, pre-coronavirus gets the flu in the offseason. Like, are we getting breaking news about that? When not in the offseason, but in season. Okay, I guess. It's we learned that strange. Gary Sanchez had the flu, not coronavirus, but the real flu. You're right. Well, we thought that they thought possibly he had the coronavirus. Okay, but it's not NFL season, and we're finding out about their head coaches. <laughs> NFL's going on as normal as far as news. The offseason goes, yeah. The offseason, right. Yeah. So you mentioned we're going to do the, the website rundown. A lot of great articles have gone up on the site in, in the recent days. You guys should go to bronxpinstripes.com to check them out. But we've also been doing, you guys have been doing the MLB The Show tournament. I'm not playing. I don't have a PlayStation. I don't have, I, I, I think I would actually, and would actually kill me if I just, she got home one day and I was like, hey, guess what I bought? Guess what you're going to do? I don't think she now. would kill you actually. Because Digital I, baseball. I think in, oh, because you wouldn't be playing it on like the main TV. You could play it wherever you wanted. Like it could be on a small little monitor. There's a number of things you could do. You could play it on a computer. So it's like, I feel like she may be okay with that because she's going to be so sick of you. In however long, she's not going to care what you're doing as long as you're not in her face all the time. She's already sick of me. Right, she's so you could be playing video games and have no problem with it. I'm wondering how long it's going to take for you to break down to get one. I, I, I honestly have no interest. Yeah. So I, I got, got the game. Tell me, you bought the PS4, you we, unboxed it. You did an unboxing video of a, seven, of a product <laughs> that's seven years old. Yeah. After I did it, I was like, I, I was asking you and JJ, I was like, so it feels like this thing's been around for a while. Like, how long has it actually been out? JJ looked it up. Yeah, seven year old. Um, so yeah, the, the first unboxing video of the world is out there on my Twitter feed if you want to watch it. The, Why don't you um, unbox an A-track while you're at it? Yeah. The, <laughs> it was, um, so I got the game, I got everything, and I finally, I, I didn't get like, I, I'm looking for time to play it. I found some time to play it. Obviously, we have this tournament. It felt good, you know, like the PlayStation control. It feels really good. I had a PS3, didn't have a four. So that was the last time I played it. The thing died. I wouldn't play any more games. So it was, um, you know, the, the, I think the feel of the controller and all that stuff is good. But the timing is the thing that you have to get used to. And also, you can play it on the, the regular game mode, but it's different speed, different timing than when you start playing online other people. So you got to play both and really just get it down. If I had another week, I would feel much more comfortable. I knew after my first game that I was screwed in this tournament because my timing was just not there. 
It just wasn't close. And I knew some of these guys were just like on it already. And they've been playing like literally 24 hours straight. Some of these guys are yeah, playing. They've just, played the last seven versions of MLB The Show. But so they, also they've been in their apartments playing this game for the past week and a half. Just like, boom, just like just going. And I remember those days when I would just play Madden for, you know, eight to 10 hours at a time. And, and that would be what I would do during the day. I would drink beer and I would play Madden. For <coughs> oh, the good old, old days. Yeah. So when like I, you could go outside, but you chose to stay in and chose play not Madden. to. Right. And I understand that. So I knew that I was going to be screwed and I did get my ass kicked in round one. Um, but so I'm, I'm definitely you play. What was the score? What was your team? Uh, his, um, his name was, uh, LJ. He is a high school senior in, uh, that lives in, uh, outside Jersey city. And, um, <laughs> I got, I got shut out. Here's the thing. I had a really bad third, third inning. The, the defensive controls in the outfield <laughs> are a little wonky. I think online <laughs> because I overran a ball and the bases were loaded. It was an unfortunate situation. Everybody scored. I had a bad inning, okay? I locked it down for the next inning and a half. And then the freaking game, Mercy rolled me in after three and a half innings. It was 10 nothing. It ended up being 11, yeah. Three, but he scored eight in that inning because <laughs> it got ugly quick. And, uh, but then I locked it down. I was, I was good again. I was starting to hit the ball a little bit, feeling good. And then the game shut me down at three and a half innings. That's how long did is the that game not a quick take? hook? Is that not a quick hook for a mercy rule? No, you were going to lose anyway. We are so, no, we were. I already told him. I was like, dude, if I'm not within ten after five, like it, it's a wrap. Like I'm, yeah. I'm not going to drag this out. I, you just we, didn't want to get shut out. You wanted to put one on the board. No, I, I just wanted to give it to the fifth inning at least. It wasn't even a game. Three and a half. What is if you play nine innings? How long does that game take? It depends on how many runs he scores, I guess. Okay, the average game though, like I don't know. I've only played the game three, four times, so (laughs) forty-five minutes, an hour. I would like. Are you going to keep playing? Oh yeah, I'm going to keep playing. Oh, I'm going to get good graphics. Like, do you like the game? Yes, I like the game. Of course, the graphics are good. The graphics are very good in all the games now. The gameplay is good. There's some new things like the throwing is a little something you got to get used to because the um, it's just harder to do it. But I got I got that down. I think Um, there's a thing called P. Uh, PCI, which is the uh, zone hitting. So now you can actually pick the zone of where uh, the, the pitch is coming. And then also you have to time it. So you can pick the, the location and you have to time it. That makes it a little bit more challenging if you have that on. So it's, it's a challenging game. There's no doubt. But it's, it's a matter of. So is that like guess? Is that like guess hitting though? Like, oh, I know. I think he's going to throw low and away. No, it's a it's reading the pitch and being able oh, okay. to put the your your left analog down or up or wherever the location is oh, and then so you gotta like it. meet where the you gotta you have to swing there are it's two not zones. just you're yeah, not just timing it on when the pitch gets there but also where the pitch is all the way i see so, so it's more like you hitting. have to swing you have yeah, yeah you have to swing low in the zone and right. at the right time to correct. hit the ball correct and oh, then, that's cool yeah and there's you know there's different zones where you can um that will obviously give you better contact or less contact or you know, yeah. better outcomes and and uh, and worse outcomes, which I, I is like. The ball it. juiced? Uh, not not when they're throwing it to me. <laughs> when I'm, I think I'm throwing a juice ball. Yeah. yeah so yeah, I, I think it's like you know, like when the new guy comes in, they give him the juice balls. Yeah. yeah. Um, but um, yeah. So the exit velo against me was pretty high. It was pretty. It's pretty good. Uh, but yeah, I I find it like the hardest timing thing is actually the pitching because. It's, I don't know if you ever played Tiger Woods back in the day, like PS2, yeah. PS3. You know how the, um, it would go up and down, you have a meter, and then you have to hit it mm-hmm. back. It's similar to that, uh, but it's, it's, some of it's really fast, and it gets even faster when you're pitching from the stretch. So 
it's just a timing thing. It's just a matter of like playing it a little bit and just getting used to it. That's all. Cool. But it's fun. Yeah, it's I, I was watching some of Dom and Frank's matchup on YouTube. Yeah. Um, because I think there theirs was the first match. Dom Dom beat Frank. And uh, I was watching like five minutes of it. And I was just like, man, I it's been so long. I The last baseball, the last real game that I've ever played was like in like 2009, 2010, which was like end of college. But I had the 2K9 baseball game with Jeter on the cover. That yeah. was the last baseball game I ever played. Yeah. I, uh, I didn't play the baseball games as much. I was more into Madden. I was really into Madden. I played a lot of Madden. Right. Um, that was the, the biggest one. And I actually just found the PS3 game that I had was like 2012 or 13. That was the last oh, one. Oh, so I had. you've been you're more recent than I am. Yeah, I, I played I played Madden. You had a PS3. You probably bought the PS3 in 2013 when PS4 came out. Probably. <laughs> Most like did you realize that the day after I bought this, I the announcement that. for the PS5 came out. It was perfect. When is it coming out? I don't know. I, I refuse to listen to it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, of course that of course that happens. But the, I don't, so the 2012 physical game was the last one I had, but I'm pretty sure I played it years after that too and just downloaded the actual game instead of buying it. With currently no NBA, NHL, or Major League Baseball, you might think there's nothing left to bet on. Well, guess what? You'd be wrong. Our exclusive partner still has hundreds of sports, events, and games to wager on. Or let them bring Vegas to you with their online casino and blackjack. All open 24 hours a day and all online, including their $750,000 poker series. If you're into prop bets and entertaining betting, you could still bet on Survivor, Big Brother, American Idol, stock prices, and even the weather. Visit their website and join today to receive 100% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Be sure to use promo code BLUEWIRE. Bet online, your online wagering experts. So I put up a blog on the website. I asked everyone involved with Bronx Pinstripes what they're going to miss most about baseball during the shutdown. We had a lot of great answers, anywhere from the everyday grind of watching games and following the team to the camaraderie of going to the stadium, drinking at Billy's and the bars around around the stadium, Just sitting on the beach and listening to John and Susan I was a little bit concerned for Twitchy and Nick, their well-being, because I don't know what they're going to do without baseball. I don't think they, I don't think they know other things exist other than baseball. So <laughs> this is going to be a tough time for them. Yeah, but I said for me, what I'm going to miss is it being what should be baseball season, and not having the comfort of knowing baseball is happening. Right. Because when I'm out, if I'm out and it's a it's a Saturday afternoon and we're out doing something. I'm following on my phone. If I can listen to the game, I'm listening to the game. If I'm driving in the car, there's never a game that's going on where more than say two innings happen. And I don't know what happened in those previous two innings. Right. I'm always following along. So I know there's not going to be games going on, but I'm imagining it's going to be like May 15th. And I'm going to just be looking at the MLB app, expecting there to be an update. Like, okay, it should be the bottom of third right now. What's going on? And that's not going to be there. Yeah, that's, I mean, I think we're saying classically uh, the same thing in a different way. The routine of the season, like similar in, in sense, I think that that's one of the big things for me, just knowing there's a game on, like, yeah, the, like every seven o'clock, like, you know that that game is about to start. So you got to, you, you eat different, you eat dinner at a different time. You're like, you're doing things differently because your day you're leads up those to games. that 705 first pitch or that 105 first pitch or whatever it is. Yeah. Like, I'm always thinking, okay, well, tomorrow, 
first pitch is at four oh five. So right. we can we we can go we can go do something at one o'clock in the afternoon. It constructs your day. It ends up being the framework of your day, which is insane, but it is true. Uh but yeah, I mean, we're all in the crazy together, Scott. Don't worry, just embrace it. It's been like that for so long that now, yeah, now when you know I started a family, got married, have a child, you're in the, you know, in similar path, like now your family gets structured that way too. And it becomes like this ingrained thing. And when you don't have a season to have that type of structure, you're like, okay, okay. Like something's missing here. Like you need that, that structure. And yeah, so that's going to, that's strange. That's definitely one of those strange things. And then, you know, I went all cheesy on the, on my second half of the answer, but just literally watching the game that I love because it's just an enjoyable entertainment and release for me at the end of the day, watching Yankees baseball. I, I just, it absolutely love well, the game. It's enjoyable until it's not at some point in the game when, when we get worked up. So, yeah, I'm at a point in my life where I just don't get as worked up anymore. And I just kind of, you know, I'm there with the process and I kind of enjoy the process, even if it's not something that's, you know, totally positive the entire time. Like if things happen and it's frustrating, like I, I, at this point, I think in, in my fandom and watching the game, like it's just part of it. You know what I mean? And I like the process of baseball itself. I like watching some of these players progress. I don't, it's not like I like watching things go bad. That's not what I'm saying. I just understand that it's part of the game and I'm, and I, and I'm, I don't react to it as negatively anymore. Yeah. You're older and wiser. Yeah. You know, you guys will get there. It's fine. <laughs> for the most part, you, I'm you, with you. You but, might not get there. Well, for the most part, I'm with you, but then there's certain things that still trigger me. Oh, yeah, I know. There's, I mean, there's things. It's the repetitive stuff. It's the stuff that you see over and over again that continues to yeah. happen that drives you insane. Yeah. And that's still that's still the case. But early in the that's season. Never gonna, that's, I know that's never going to change for me. Well, early in the season, like that's that's hard to find unless you're just talking about injuries in general and then what are we doing are we getting mad at like i don't even know what we're getting mad at at that point (laughs) all right some other good articles that went up on the site that i encourage you guys to check out so rohan arcot who is studying to be a therapist as right now is he coming to is he coming for this doctor this doctor slot yeah he's actually going to be a doctor he wrote a therapist guide to surviving the mlb shutdown he talked about the idea of not meeting expectations, the loss of baseball, how to cope with it. It was a really interesting read. It was. Then Milan Tulsada. But real quick, said, you know, you know, you know how we think of, you know, like the the therapy doctors in the industry. Oh yeah. Yeah, you know. Want to shoot. Not as you know, you know. Say what you want to nah, say. No, it's fine. You know, he's doing you know, it's all right. It's a little different. Just a little different. The, uh Milan wrote a a weird funky article about rearranging the Yankees defensive alignment. And at first, when I clicked on the article, I was thinking, okay, what's he going to do? Like shift DJ LeMahieu over to third base and like, that's what he wants to defend. No, no, no. Everyone's playing a new position. Judges at second base, Brett Gardner's on the mound. So go check that out if you're in for an interesting read. That's an article. Milan wrote that article and it technically we haven't even hit the regular season yet, but that's something that someone should be writing if it's like June 17th and there's still no baseball. Yeah. So imagine what's going to happen on June 17th if there's no baseball. Yeah. Right. So Andrew Salzone, who does book reviews for us every other Friday, he read The Closer, which is Mariano Rivera's autobiography, and he wrote a review on that. So if you guys are looking for something to read during this time as following along with Andrew and the, and the book reviews that he does on a biweekly basis – Check out check out that. At the end of each article, he lists which book is coming up next. My question for you, what's the last baseball book you read? Ooh, why'd, you, why'd you have to put me on the spot? 
Um, I have no idea. It doesn't have to be the last one. What's what have what is a baseball book that you have read in the past that you enjoyed? The Joe Torre book. What was the name of it? I read that book. The Yankee Years. Yeah, and if I'm being very honest, I, I listened to that book. <laughs> That's okay. That counts for reading a book in these. Yeah, days. no, I think the last time I read a book, period, was a long time ago. I what I do now, if I if I get a book, I will still I still buy books, but I scan them. I don't like book. I don't read novels. They're more like business books or like things like on the, on that end that I will go through like certain chapters or I will, I, I won't read like. I get that. Yeah. You can't, you can't scan a fiction novel because no. then you're not going to get the story. But yeah, if it's a, I don't have the patience like, for a fiction novel. I don't have the mindset. But see, it's a nice that. escape. And especially now you have all the time on your hands. Maybe I, I know you're busy. You, 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 we, we all got work going on, yeah. but if you want a nice little escape. There's only one escape in the day. There's two escapes in the day. There's from one to three something when Kemp's taking a nap and then after 7.30. And I'm not trying to read a book then. <laughs> it should be baseball on. Though. I know. I, I know. But now I have to practice a video game. So. so a baseball book that I don't think many people have ever read or heard of that I really enjoyed is The Bullpen Gospels mm-hmm. by Dirk Hayhurst. He is a former... He did make the big leagues, I believe, with the Toronto Blue Jays. I read this book like seven years, six years ago, but he, it's basically just his stories from the minor leagues and and just riding the bus and the things they would do in the clubhouse when you're not making any money and you're just dicking around in the minor leagues. It is really good. I bet that's really interesting. There's probably some very funny stories in there. Yeah. Uh, Some other articles, Joe Randazzo, who's a big wrestling fan. He wrote about how baseball can learn from wrestling on how to, put on a game, put on a performance with no fans in the arena. Yeah. Cause that's what wrestling has been doing. So really focusing on the TV product. And I think that it's interesting from a baseball standpoint, like if fans are not allowed when, but they can resume baseball, having it at Yankee stadium, having it at Fenway park, that makes no sense. If fans aren't allowed play it in, in, in these fields, in these stadiums that you don't have big, big stadiums and you can really optimize for a TV product, have player cut-ins, audio cut-ins, video cut-ins, really make it a TV show for these games. You can also, I mean, the majority of the, the uh, ballparks, right? Like they mimic the major league distances, the field construction, the field uh, layouts. You're talking about like spring, a training. spring training facility. Right. So yeah, but even, even if it's not a spring training facility, I mean, but if it is, even if it's that's at a side field on spring training. Oh, I see what you're saying. Like do it. Yeah. They could have all of the games at field of dreams, like things like that. Yeah. or Yeah. I mean, they're going to have to be in locations that you don't have to travel far for and teams are all in the same areas and Arizona and Florida make sense. And the downside for both of those places in the summer is it's hot as balls and you don't want to play outside in either of those locations in the middle of July. So you're going to have to do something. You're going to have to find a compromise somewhere. Maybe it's in a domed facility, but there's no, there's only, there's only a couple stands where that it would be either media people or, or nothing, or just TV people who are there to film the game. People are mic'd up. Players who are not playing in the game are talking to the announcers or there's pre-recorded footage that is being edited into these games. Like you're going to have to do something. This is weird. This is weird scenarios. 
Try something different. So uh, that that's a that's a scenario that I think actually probably will happen at some. Like I think they are going to come back without crowds at, in the beginning. I'm I'm wondering who's going to be the first one to be like, okay, your guys are good now to come back with you know crowds of fifty or more. Like who's going to be that guy? Is it, is it going to be the government? Who, is it going to be? Oh, ex- oh yeah. Period. Like who's yeah. going to be the first? Who's the guinea pig? Like you know what I mean? Like who's the first yeah. one to be like go out on the and limb once- and say, come on back. But you also have to, at this point, we're all locked, we're all in quarantine. Make sure it's gone before we just start social gathering. Again. Either way, they're like, that's not, more the more to the point of is it's going to be like a while, so they better come up with some kind of a scenario if they want baseball. And if they're able to do this in a safe way where all these guys can still be on the field together, um, then, you know, I do think that's going to happen. And I think that uh, they could be creative with that. You're right. I, I think it's, the wrestling thing was just weird because wrestling like you feed off of the crowd like watching them come in with their entrance like and like trying to hype yeah. pe- people that aren't there up is just strange so like to me that one was like very weird watching it yeah and i, I couldn't even handle it I'm like this is too strange for me so I, I not that i'm a big wrestling guy in the first place but uh, i think it would be more normal for baseball because they don't really care if who's in the field or watching like the whole point of that <laughs> is to tune them out anyway but imagine if like Judge hits a home run and then fakes like he he's getting a curtain call. Yeah, that's good. That's great. <laughs> that's perfect. I would love that. Yeah, yeah. That that's highly entertaining stuff. Yeah. Um, Drew Sarver wrote about the top five Yankees home openers in their history. I was alive for two of them. You were alive for also two of them. Some of them were from the old stadium, the original stadium. But uh, the '96 Snow Bowl was on there and that's one that I will always remember. I I don't know if I actually watched it. I probably didn't. I was eight years old, but I have gone back and seen so many things from that game. Yeah. No, those are fun to relive when you go back through and see them. And obviously when we were only around for uh, a couple of them, but looking back at some of those are fun. And then the last thing I want to talk about is an article. I wrote 25 questions we all have during the MLB shutdown. And this goes right into something that Ken Rosenthal wrote. And I want to touch on a few of the important questions that he reported on. So the first one is what happens with player salary? And there is actually a clause in the CBA that Manfred could withhold salary in a state of national emergency, which is we're currently in. So he does hold all the cards here. That's not likely to come to this because the last thing baseball wants is a pissing match over money between the owners and the players association during a shutdown. Cause that's just going to lead to a work stoppage and, and no one wants that at this point. That's just bad all around. So there is the idea being discussed of a lump sum payout that players can then divide amongst themselves. sort of like a hazard pay for this time. And that covers everyone who's on the 40 man roster. But that leaves hundreds and hundreds of players in these minor league systems without anything. Right. Yeah, I'm wondering how that's And those are the guys that are really getting screwed. Because, yeah. Those are the ones that are staying around because they have lodging and food and all these things. And they're they're almost like, well, if I leave, then I don't have that stuff. Garrett Cole is not getting paid, might not get paid his full $36 million this year. But guess what? He'll be okay. Garrett Cole is going to be fine. It's the guys, the minor leaguers who are getting paid $1,000 a month who are now even not even getting that. Yeah, and plus they don't, you know, the jobs that they have in the off season. If that's the case, they don't have those jobs. Are most set likely up. in service industries, which are not even open right now. Right, or they don't even have them set up because they're supposed to be playing baseball. So it's not the time yeah. where they're in that or construction or whatever it is. These guys are not able to do those things. So it's a yeah, it's a tough spot, man. It's a really tough spot for not just them but a lot of people. The other uh, thing, one other thing was the vesting options and the bulk incentives and roster bonuses. So basically, any bonus type thing. Right 
it's most likely going to come to a prorated basis, which is fair. Which totally makes sense. Yep. I, I do like Arbit- the, I do like the fact. Uh, let's go through the arbitration first. Uh, go through yeah, all so of them the, because I want to. Uh, the vesting option one will be fun. So there's a few, and they're all kind of tied closely together with the options. So arbitration salaries, how are these going to be decided? Because can't you imagine these dick teams being like, well, he only hit 12 home runs last year, so he's not worth, he doesn't deserve a raise. He only has 12 home runs, even though it came in 65 games or something like that. I mean, it's not even, you're not even a dick team at that point. You're just completely, you're, you're asinine. Like you don't make sense. Because it doesn't. That's how these arbitration no, cases but the, go. Yeah, but an arbit- there's also there's also uh, the people that are overseeing these arbitration cases that are not morons either and understand what the what the amount of games was. So it's not like they're going to sneak something past them with uh, with a, sh- a smaller number. Well, I could see it getting ugly with these sorts of arguments because arbitration cases usually tend to get ugly. And the thing that it's most likely going to be the so what Rosenthal reported was the most contentious issue is service time because. Owners do not want to have to have their young players go to free agency any sooner than they have to. And a lot of these guys would be getting service time once the season starts, but they're not going to get those days of service time if the season doesn't start until July. And what happens with that? Is it just out the window? And there's an interesting thing here with Mookie Betts. Mookie Betts was set to become a free agent in 102 days. He needs 102 more days of service time, and then his arbitration is done. What happens if the season is only 101 days long? Yeah, he's not a free agent. He's not a free agent next year, right? But again, there's going to have to be some kind of a. They're not going to be able to look at individual circumstances. They're going to have to make some kind of a, a, a blanket decision on how they're going to treat this, and then, um, and then go about, you know, each person. But if they if they start looking at individual cases, then it's going to get really ugly, because this is not. You can't just make cases. You can't go case to case. You have to do something that's across that's the my board, point. fair for which we, everyone needs to play by the same. Which rules will here. cover Mookie Betts because this was never going to be a, a, a thing. This was never going to be because Mookie thing. Betts was going to be on the roster for 184 league days, and he was going to surpass his 102 days, no problem. Right. But so now they have to come up with what equals a full season, right? Yeah, no, and that's going to that's not only going to affect Mookie Betts, who is going to be a free agent anyway, but it's going to affect. Glaber Torres, and it's going to affect a guy who's going to get called up this year, and a team was going to call him up at the end of April because they didn't want his service time to kick in until the year later. Well, what happens if he plays eighty-eight percent of the league year this year? Does that not constitute a full season? And like all these funky rules here. Yeah, no, and that's the thing. Like they're going to have to potentially like predict on what what the guy when the guy would have been called up or like is that what's going to happen because you start getting and then in, who knows at that point it's a what if game you start getting into that and then i mean if you're doing that for service time why not use that for vesting options like jay haps right. like you know yeah i was going to throw 160 innings of course i was and i was going to have a 3-3 era or 3-4 era right like yeah i'm good like let's go I'll give me that third year Vest. Aaron Judge Aaron Judge was going to hit 55 home runs this year. Right. In a full season. Now we're now we're talking about guys making their case for what they would have done. I felt really good. I was in the best shape of my life coming yeah. into the season. And if one guy if they play let's call it 90 games and a guy has a really hot 90 games and hits 28 home runs and whatever pace that would be for a full season. He's like, "Well, technically I hit 80 home runs this year." Pretty ridiculous. Yeah, I don't know how it's going to work, and it's um, people will be annoyed and 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 uh, and pissed off at how it goes because some people are going to get screwed. But that's just the way things happen. Like, even if it didn't happen like this, and we had a 162 game, like some guys would get screwed based on decisions that were made too. So, 
you know, you're not going to satisfy everything. Well, hopefully they do it in a way that satisfies most. So the draft is interesting because you, you might say, well, just hold a virtual draft. That's no problem, right? No baseball is going on anywhere. So who are you drafting? Your project. How are you making your decisions? You just you know, you're making sh- you, from from last year from uh, okay intangibles. The eye test. They have a lot they of they have yeah. talked. Yo, I just thought of something. The intangibles draft. No, the nerds are in big trouble with the amount of data that's not being. Oh yeah, put down you're gonna right have now. a lot of small data samples lot, this year. A lot of nerds are being are being are going to be really looking at that eye test. I gotta tell you, the, whoever the, let's let's uh, identify the teams who who did not abandon the eye test because guess what, gonna come into play. <laughs> so they have been discussing canceling the 2020 draft and moving it to a combined 2020, 2020, 2021 draft class, massive draft class. Well, guess what are the ramifications for that one? The the bonuses, Huge. the 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 amount of money you guys can spend, who's gonna get drafted when. Uh, eligibility in NCAA, like, are, do these guys have the ability to come back so that they can improve upon their senior year like they were expecting to? They were to take that next leap. So many things involved with that. Right. If you're a second-round draft pick in that massive draft class, well, you would have been a first-round draft pick, pick right. if you did, weren't in that massive draft class. So do you get a first-round draft pick bonus or a second-round draft pick Well, bonus? what if you're also a guy that was like had a really good end of the season in 2019 – had a really good offseason, you know, ready to take that next step in your career because a lot of guys do in their senior years and you just don't get afforded that opportunity. So now you're like a 15th round draft pick when, you know, you were hoping with personal goals that you could have gotten up to like fourth, fifth round. There's just, a, you look, think about the, the ramifications even lower in the draft from guys that would have moved up, you know, significantly because it doesn't take that much to become like a 10th round or a fourth round. Like very well could have happened in one year play, like very easily. Yeah. It's just so yeah. many things. And some of the other questions that I talked about were, you know, what happens with the All-Star game? What happens with the London series? What happens with the Field of Dreams game? All that stuff can easily be rescheduled, in my opinion. Maybe I'm being too simplistic about it, but I, I think that it, those are sort of low-hanging fruit. Like, okay, the Dodgers aren't going to ha- be able to host the 2020 All-Star game, but they get the 2021 and everyone just bumps a year. Yeah, I'm sure that they could do something with that. It's not that... Like that is probably the le- especially the field of dreams thing because there's eight thousand tickets involved. I mean, like, really, yeah. are we really caring about those eight thousand people that are probably? Ex- but that was going to be a huge TV game. I, which it still can be, next year. They, I mean, this year they could have five games at the field of dreams field. No fans. Who cares? Go to field of dreams. Let's play all of our <laughs> games in Iowa. You know what baseball should be doing? Constructing more fields in Iowa. And Construct a biodome over the yeah. cornfield and everyone plays in a sanitary environment in cornfields. Or they just go out there and have open air because isn't that a little bit better in, in, uh, in, in the middle of Iowa? Where yeah, but once you go into the, into the Iowa biodome, you can't come out. You just, <laughs> you're just, you're, you're there the until you play the end of the baseball That's season. That's a big-ass dome. But what you could do is just take care of a lot of, like, a lot of different areas here. You know, maybe a cornfield is, uh, is, is, is the, the space is rented for, I don't know how, how corn crops work. Maybe I'm really pissing off some farmers here, but you know, let's just for conversation's sake, you use some of that area. We build a complex out there of fields in Iowa. And now we just rotate. We just go around and we, we, you walk to the next game. So maybe they could get creative. You know how in the old Yankee stadium, the flagpole and the monuments used to be in the field of play. Yeah. Maybe they just leave a little patch of corn field in center field. Just, just to dodge it like a little hill. <laughs> just, you got to dodge okay. it. Now, so now we're playing bumper pool. <laughs> 
Make it interesting. I mean, I think a complex in the middle of Iowa, that would be, <laughs> that would be a fit. Like that would stamp it as so different. Uh, where where there's no fans, you don't even build stands. It's just yeah. all corn. What happens when the ghosts come? That's my question. Because they're coming. The trophy would obviously be made out of corn, right? You know, I guess you'd probably have to treat it in some way, dry it. Yeah. Dried corn, like the like the Native Americans had for uh, Thanksgiving. Cornucopia. <laughs> um. All right. So before we move to mailbag questions. Big news in the sports world is Tom Brady is no longer a New England Patriot. He's going to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers of all teams. And I was trying to equate what this would have been like if Derek Jeter did not finish his career with the Yankees and he went to like the Arizona Diamondbacks or the Cincinnati Reds or the Miami Marlins, which he is now with the Marlins, but in a different capacity. It would have been so freaking weird to watch Jeter the last couple years of his career in a Diamondbacks uniform. Isn't this exactly like Joe Montana going to the Kansas City, uh, the the Kansas City Chiefs? It's like it's like it's like mirrored. No, the Kansas City Chiefs are a better franchise than the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. They were then. I don't know. So I think it's just. I think, so. I think it's what this is. Is it's just a, it doesn't matter what the team is. It's just a very odd thing to see. Um, Brett Favre started it, uh, to do that, and then he went to like every team. So that that no, got but old. so with Montana, Montana is probably the best comparison to Brady yeah, won a bunch of championships won a bunch of championships was with the Niners but had a, had a decent he, run with Kansas City I don't know I just think Tampa Bay Buccaneers like they don't even sell out their games their mascot is a pirate like what like what is this I think you're too close to the situation I mean yes it feels like a tacky franchise if, if yeah. like down on the surface they like, change their uniforms like every other year they have a pirate ship that that shoots a cannon it's Disney that's what we talked about too on Tampa. Like they, there's a fish tank at the Rays, and the Buccaneers have a pirate ship. Well, we it's, know we've seen that stadium. We've parked in that stadium uh, yeah. grass lot because it's right across the street from Steinbrenner Field. Yeah, which is just a big laughing stock to the all of the fans. The fact that the Yankees Stadium is exactly where Tampa's should be. Um, look, I, it's a it's a weird fit. When I saw that that Brady was going to be with air it out Bruce Arians, I'm like, what? Why? That's not his game. Like it's a totally different no. game than what. Then what Brady does, like, what are we doing here? Is So one of these guys is not going to have their thing. Bruce Arians isn't going to have his air attack, or Brady's not going to have his, you know, dissecting well, a, a, a defense in the way that he does with the quick passes. Yeah, I would think that Arians is going to have to adapt to Brady. Oh, yeah, Brady Brady's going to bring in go his there. thing, for sure. He's 43 years old. He's the one throwing the ball. But when you look at... Like just for two minutes of football talk, I when I saw the Colts sign, um, what's his name, Rivers. Phil Rivers, for like twenty five million dollars, yeah. and it's comparable in annual value to what Brady's getting. I know Brady got next year. It's like why wouldn't the Colts have gone after Brady? That's a better fit for them, right? They have an awesome offensive line. They, I don't know. Anyway, Brady uh, probably just went a, where he wanted to go. Why did he want to go? I to don't Tampa? know. I have no idea. He was chasing Jeter. He's been chasing Jeter his whole career. Chasing Jeter down. Down he is a Yankees Tampa. fan, or he was spotted wearing Yankees hat yeah. back in the day. Yeah, like I said this on the Tampa thing. This is like I'm ruining all my jokes for the Tampa one. The their wives, they probably want a little bit of a you know a, 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 they're coming back together, little little uh, Victoria's Secret reunion on David so on Davis Island. It uh, you didn't answer the question. Like, how would you have felt if Jeter ended his career in a in a non Yankees uniform? But not just a non Yankees uniform, a second rate team because. It is different. I do think that matters. Would you prefer if, it to be the Jets? Would you prefer it to be like a, a division rival? 
Yes. What? No, you would not. That's I would. No, because this one is just like that's cooler. That's more interesting. Yeah, but as the per- I, so you're telling me you would prefer if this actually happened in real life and Jeter was leaving his last year, just like one more year because there was a fallout with ownership and he played one more year, only one year, right? And he went mm-hmm. and, and he went to the um, you said the Diamondbacks. Okay, you would prefer him to go. To the Red Sox over the Diamondbacks? Is that what you're a saying? A thousand percent. Wow. That's that's a thousand percent. Are you that is way more ballsy? That is way less. I'm just sticking around because the my team doesn't want me. Then I mean, if Jeter had gone to and they're in different scenarios because Jeter I gotta tell you, this I is gonna him, be a very unpopular opinion. Yeah, I don't give a shit. I've had unpopular opinions. Before, but this one I'm to sure. me doesn't make any sense. Why would you want so the Jeter, guy that you love to go to the place also, that you hate? They're also a little bit different because as much as we both love Jeter, Brady is still a more competitive player now at his point than Jeter was in his last year. You agree with that? Fine, but it's totally different. The the sports and the way that those sports are are actually played now are so different that you can't even compare. So think about it from a team perspective, though. Imagine Jeter in his second to last year. I know the injury played a factor in this, too, but like... In 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 the in the last year of Jeter's contract with the uh, Yankees, and he didn't announce his retirement, he hit 307 and was still a good player, and the Yankees just flat out did not want him back. Right. We would feel we would be on the player's side. That's how a lot of Patriots fans. That's how I feel about Tom Brady. Tom Brady, if he ha- I think if he had his way, would be back with the Patriots on a two year contract, and Bill Belichick just did not want to give it to him. It's Bill Belichick's team. Robert Kraft has said, I'm putting my uh, at this point, everything behind Belichick because he has more years than Tom Brady does. And Belichick made the decision. I'm moving on. I don't know what the hell the plan is. Uh, Back up uh, Jared Stidham oh, or yeah, whatever it come is. Come on. Don't we know how this all goes out? Like, Is Andrew Luck really not going to come out of retirement now and go play for the freaking <laughs> Patriots? Probably. That's what's happening. That's I, all I mean, I would feel bad because Andrew Luck's body is just broken and he's going to die on the field. But anyway, if Derek Tom Brady Jeter doesn't get up, sacked, he won't get sacked on the Patriots. If if Derek Jeter put up good stats and was still a valuable player to the team and the Yankees just didn't want to sign him, we would all be on Jeter's side even if he went to the Red Sox. It would be an, an FU if Tom Brady went to a division rival or a conference rival versus the Tampa Bay Buccaneers where the only chance that he gets to actually shove it up the Patriots' ass is to play him in the Super Bowl, and that's not going to happen. Look, I... I, I just think that their scenarios are so different that it's hard to compare them because of the way that everything runs through a quarterback. Look, everything does run through a quarterback, and there were deficiencies with Tom Brady last year. There were clear deficiencies. So the team wasn't yeah. where it is either. The team next year is not going to be where it is. There's a lot of things going to play there. It's not the same scenario. You're you're making a best case scenario with Yankees Jeter, whereas like it was just an fu to him. But it would never have gone down that way. Nor do I think it was like that with Tom Brady either. There was there was. Other things to, at consideration. So that's why I'm like, I don't know how you could possibly ever want. But there's no other reason to it because it's not like he needs to ring chase. He just Jeter wants to wouldn't play. Have ne- Jeter maybe he just wouldn't have to needed play. to ring chase either. He's not ring chasing. Maybe they just want to play and that that's, that that's it. That's it. That's it. Like, I think that's why Brett Favre kept playing. He just wanted but to Jeter play. Jeter didn't want to play. Jeter has said, the reason I made the decision to hang it up is because I knew I couldn't do this at the level I wanted to do it anymore. Right. And he's the one. Tom Brady can still do it at the level that he wants to do it. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe he thinks he can. Maybe he's freaking. Maybe he thinks he can, but he can't. Because last year he was Whether not the same guy. Whether he thinks he can or not. Okay. Last year he didn't. 
But he thinks he can. That's it. Jeter didn't think he could he was Because Jeter was one with reality. He understood how, when to hang it up. Like, he got it. That's, I don't that's a want good to, thing. I'm not saying Brady is excused for the, the lack of Patriots offense last year, but they had severe deficiencies in the offensive line yeah. and no one at wide receiver. And guess what? That's was not, not getting, that much, that's not getting that much better this year either. So he's going to be... The offensive line in Tampa does need work, but they have a no, lot no, of offensive No, I mean, if he talent. were to stay at the Patriots, it would it also would have been a probably a, unless a bad they brought in him. Unless they brought in talent to surround him. Right, and now you're, now you're banking on bringing all these expensive other people in around a 43-year-old guy that maybe can't, doesn't have it anymore. For Honestly, the, like the way that the Patriots are, the way that this is playing out, it's Brady just wanting to continue to play because he should have retired. He's forty. I don't know that he's he should have retired. He's forty-three years old. Like at what point? I know is the that, but he's still okay to cut the cord. Forty-three. I know, but it's not like he's asking for a five-year deal. He's asking for a two-year deal, and so I think 45. the Patriots' best. <laughs> I know how ludicrous here. He's I not know Brett how Favre with a rocket arm. He's like a guy that has. To he's play better now system. than Brett Favre was at the end of his career. That's not true. Brett Favre was very similar guy. Was on. He was very good on the Jets that year until he just had no arm. <laughs> like he he was a okay. different. Because I'm he not was, diminishing Brett Favre's arm strength. Okay, that's what it's I'm better than about. Tom Brady's ever was. But Tom Brady's a better quarterback now. At 43, the Brett Favre was at however old, old he was when he retired, 39 they're, or whatever. They're completely was. different players. Brett Favre was still very. I know they're different players, but they. Okay, this is people are like, God damn it! You ready to move we'll on? See what happens topic? next year with the Patriots. We can we can what we could do. This will be a great comparison. We'll compare Tom Brady's year with the Buccaneers, which he does have a ton of talent, by the way. So maybe yeah. that is going to be a thing. Uh, and then I'm a Bucks fan, and then, and then we'll see what I'm gonna wear. A, I'm gonna wear an eye patch next year, and then we'll see what uh, Favre because actually before Favre got injured, he was good. I I I am the Jets were for, freaking good with him fully full full strength. I mean, they also played in the season that in Tom the one that Tom Brady didn't play in. So had Tom Brady played in 2008. Oh, because that affects Jets. the other guy uh, throwing the ball. You're right. Sorry. That that affected the team, the team win-loss record. You want to know what affected him? The fact that he was playing with a torn freaking ligament or whatever the hell it was in his in his shoulder, and he just played through it because he's Brett Favre and he's a man, whereas Wranglers. I love that guy to, um, to the end. I brought a, I bought a Brett Favre jersey as soon as he the, – the second he the second he signed with the Jets – if there is one thing you guys can do other than listen to all the shows that we're going to be putting out this week, it is to give us a rating and review in whatever podcast platform you listen to us. Thank you very much to Nick Vac 99 who submitted the review this week. Only one review over the last week. We had like eight or nine the week before, so we got to step up those numbers, people. All right. You ready to get into mailbag questions? Remember? Do you remember an hour and 10 minutes ago when you said, eh, let's just do an hour? It's funny you said that because I just looked at the clock to see what time it was. First mailbag question comes from Evan Sawyer at Evan Sawyer 13 on Twitter. He says, let's say opening day ends up being June 15th. What would the optimal league schedule for the season be? Do we just pick up where we would have been at that date or figure out something else? So I went through and I did some number crunching for this. June 15th would leave 90 games on the Yankees calendar and about 90 games for most teams. That's 45 home, 45 road. The way the schedule is set up now at 162 games is you play your in-division teams 19 times. 
you play your intra-league teams, so the Yankees play teams like the Indians and the Astros, either six or seven times, because usually you have a four-game series, either home or on the road, and three-game series, um, and a couple three-games, uh, and a three-game series, uh, home or road. You play your inter- inter-league rival, so the Yankees play the Mets four times, home and road, and then you play interleague specific division. The Yankees are playing the NL Central either three or four times. That all adds up to 162 games. <clears throat> I've seen people say, "Well, just lop off interleague play." You can't do that anymore because it's it's 15 teams in each league. So that would mean one team in each league is not playing every night. You just can't waste days on the calendar with that. So you have to play the interleague games. You have to play them all, or you're playing, or, you or play. you're playing your division opponents more. There's not enough teams. You need an even number of teams to do that. And there's an odd number of teams in each league. Yeah. So the only way it makes sense, if you say you're going to play a 90-game schedule, is you just reduce the number of games against each thing. And the way it would work out in the numbers that I did is you'd play 10 against your division opponents. So that would mean you get two three-game series and a four-game series. You play three against your intra-league opponents. So either home or a road, a three-game uh, series. And then you, you keep interleague play the same because it has to stay the same. You have to play those teams or else the schedule doesn't work. Or you blow it all up and, yep. uh, and, sh- or you and blow shift it all people up. around. That's what uh, Arden was talking about. He's like, let's just realign for this year. Like, why not? Let's just see what happens. Do it geographically. Do it so that, it's easier to, do it that so that it's easier to, uh, to, for travel schedules and such. Like, just What if you have an East tournament and a West tournament and then the winner of each tournament plays for the World Series? You don't call it the World Series, maybe. Yeah, that's what, that's what he was saying. Blow it up. Blow it up. Call it something different. So basically, East Coast teams play a March Madness-style tournament. Maybe you make it a five-game series for the first round or even a three-game series for the first round or double elimination style or something like that. What? And then as you go on, you move down. So that's that, And um, the West teams play their, their thing. You know, if they did something like that and called it something different, like I, I really wouldn't even be that opposed to it. Something you said that I didn't agree with in the uh, in the history, the um, shortened season one that you were, the uh, episode that you did last week was you mentioned something about the uh, the Red Sox nineteen eighteen and there was a shortened season that nobody remembers that or talks about that doesn't matter, but it was so long ago that I mean do we really know that maybe in nineteen twenty five they're like yeah but it was a shortened season you know what I mean or in nineteen thirty like but the Red Sox was a shortened season okay let me ask you a question who is the last team to win a World Series in a shortened season it happened in the nineties. Oh, the, do we ever talk about it? Yeah, but today, it's just. Uh, but I'm saying, like, are we gonna? You always look at history differently. My point was, is you look at history differently once you're out 10, 15, 20 years. Like that's always the case. The problem is, is right now the the world that we're living in, the next five years, the next three years, the next year, it will always it'll definitely be looked at differently in the short term for sure. As time goes on, yes, things are looked at more on a on a broad scale and not rem- the details aren't remembered as well things are not passed on it's a game of telephone so yes as history moves on that world series will look more like a world series for this coming year but well a tournament style wouldn't be a world series exactly so if you market so that would absolutely be looked at different if you market in you history play. as something different now you know it's something different and that it is what it is so that's what you're you'd prefer that than the yankees winning the world series this year on a 90 game schedule I don't know which one I'd prefer, honestly. I'm just saying that it would history would treat them differently. I think history yeah. would treat the World Series. Well, history would you would see it still as a World Series in in 20 to 30 years, and people would not talk about the shortened season as much. If you saw this as 2020 
you know, the Yankees won the um, the Gray Bowl or whatever the hell it is. Right. They but, would see. They would. They but would, we would treat it differently as Yankees fans. We would treat it differently. A, a different, a totally different entity. We would treat differently. But if it's baseball, does a half a season leading into a normal playoffs and a World Series, we're going to treat that like a World Series title. It's still going to feel a little different. Yeah, I don't know. I don't think and it so. will be talking. Once will October, be, and it will be I think talked once about. October runs around. I don't. I think once October runs around, we're not going to think about maybe. The fact I hope that not. The season started on July. 1st. I, I really do hope that's the case. Whatever happens, I do hope that's the case. I just, I just know how how our you know the social media age is and how people like to argue about uh, everything. So it's going to be brought up in every opponent's dialogue every single time, always. Yeah, well, I mean, I guess maybe especially because the Yankees, people are always going to look for something to. If it's knock and them. if it's another team, if it's the Rays, like it'll be brought up on the Yankee side of it too. It'll always so be brought, there will the be Yankees a reason the, why the person won the team won because of the shortened season. That there will be a reason why they won because of the shortened season. There will be things that are attributed. So to people the would say, season. "Oh, the Yankees were able to overcome all their injuries because it started late." If it were a short and see if there were longer, if we had 10 more games like we, we should have or however many games, that deficit would have been brought up. It would have been erased. Like there's a number of things that you could just. It also depends on what happens if the Yankees win their division by nine games in a 90 game season. No one's going to say shit. But if they win by one game, then maybe people will say something. Right. A lot of scenarios that will come that will come into play. Probably all scenarios, too. Yeah, this next question from Xavier Mantica has something to do with the shortened season. It's long. And he does not like it. He says, Andrew has mentioned several times on the show that he likes the idea of shortening the baseball season. I personally really hate this idea for several reasons. As many have said, it places more importance on the postseason as opposed to the regular season, making the chances for the playoffs and 162 grind less important and more meaningless. But more importantly for me, it would also completely change the way we look at numbers in baseball. 40 home runs is the new in, an, in a season would be the new 50 home runs. 175 hits would be considered the same as 200 hits now, etc. This change would also have an effect on the game's legacy and records, which would become almost impossible to break, essentially cementing the all-time leaders in their spots bef- uh, forever. Many of the steroid era players such as Barry Bonds would remain the all-time leaders and no one would ever have a shot at breaking their records. You could argue that some of these records are already tarnished by the steroid era, but I like to hold out hope that one day another player will break these records, essentially cleansing the taint left by the steroid users. While it's hard to imagine at this point anyone ever hitting 74 home runs in a season or hitting 763 in a career, I still hold out hope that one day it will happen. The game consistently changes, and who knows if 20, 30, or 40 years a mega star emerges that could actually break the single-season home run record or set an all-time mark. As a kid in my backyard in 1998, I remember dreaming about playing Major League Baseball and breaking Mark McGuire's single-season home run record sure many little leaguers who will one day play baseball have the same dreams for these and many other reasons i do do not want to see baseball season shortened ever but let me know what you think love the show and i hope everyone at bronx pinstripe stays healthy i crushed that okay hold on i got a couple things to say my god we are seeing the fact that nobody has anything to do okay with the length of these of these uh of these mailbags oh my god xavier um first of all let me uh, let me address a few things here I don't Can understand. You at least what give you're, me props for reading. That, that was good. All right, you did a good job. That was the first time you've read an entire thing all the way through, first really time without stumbling. Ever. Probably in first the history of our ever. show. <laughs> I think people stopped thinking about that. Stopped thinking about that like halfway through because it was so goddamn long. All right, <laughs> let me um, 
let me uh, get to a couple of things because Xavier, I appreciate you writing in, man, but I got some things. To say. I, in my mind, as I was reading, that, I was like, "Oh my god, this thing needs to freaking end already." Why? Why are we? T- why is he? Why, Xavier? Why are you talking about breaking records when this is gonna be a shortened season? I don't understand that. Why are no, these? No, you're missing his point. What? His point is if we shorten the. My no, he's not arguing for one single shortened season. I have he disagrees with me saying I oh, would like pu- uh, period. say a hundred and forty okay. games right, shortened right, right. season okay, fine. going forward. Okay, he doesn't like it because that affects numbers and you're records. saying moving and to forward. that. I say who gives yeah. a shit? Okay, I understand now. Those yes, if you shorten the season forever, then yes, those things will happen. But guess what? They are tainted. Those numbers are out the window anyway. All the numbers are changed. Those numbers that you talked about, the 40-50 home run, they mean nothing at this point. The steroid era did do that. That happened. The fact that these guys are coming in and getting into the Hall of Fame with different numbers, also a big change. The way that they're getting paid, the way that they don't uh, play as many games because of the way that they're getting paid because they're being you know, held back due to like smaller injuries, also affecting the cumulative stats. All of those things are out the window. No longer are those things relevant in really any way of, especially with the new analytics and the way that they're looking at baseball. It's more about, it's more, it's not about the cumulative numbers. It's more about, you know, what you've done in the mm-hmm. period you've played and yeah, is- <clears throat> isolating certain things rather than, Oh, this guy had uh, 200 hits in a season. Well, let's look at some underlying metrics to find out how good of a baseball. Granted, really if you is. do that for a long period, longer enough period of time, that will be a consideration. Also, <laughs> Craig Biggio, there's guys like that that yes you you can get those stats uh, along the way and to me like those should be applauded sometimes if you are that good for that long and you sustain that that to me is a different type of of uh, of way to look at a good player so yeah I just don't think it's I don't th- I don't think the numbers are as relevant anymore I, I don't think it's today's baseball totally agree with you yeah it doesn't doesn't really because matter. I, listen <laughs> as we've learned I love history as much as the next guy I like baseball history that's what makes the sport so cool is the amount of history it has in all the different eras and all the different seasons and all that kind of stuff but if the game can be better from today going forward I will gladly sacrifice these records and things like that that is part of the reason why baseball is so hesitant to change because it is so holds on to its past and these cherished numbers we can still talk about them and revel in them and cherish them for what happened but it doesn't mean we have to hold on to it for every season going forward we can just make the game better and more enjoyable going forward and that's what i would like to see happen that was confusing because of the fact that we were talking about the shortened season in, in this next year know, and I then know. moving forward that's why i was like the entire it wasn't time. confusing it wasn't confusing because of my reading though it was not confusing because of your reading it was i think it was more uh the transition that's okay my voice hurts you want to read the next one yeah i kind of want to see you strain now though um this one's from Rudy. Rudy's been listening to the show for a long time. What's up, Rudy? Hi, fellas. Uh, hi, fellas. Been watching some of the World Series videos from the 70s and noticed that fans are always on the field during walk-offs or big moments, I guess because fans were allowed to leave the stadium through the field access. Uh, so as a podcast topic, what would you do or, or who would you go up to <laughs> if you were allowed to rush the field uh, during a walk-off? That's interesting. So also the first... So I did some researched some five minutes of googling about why were so many people on the field in the 70s when something major people just didn't give a shit back then about things in the world period like you could do more things you could drink beer nobody would care you could smoke places people didn't care just so rules. period it was not allowed it was against the rules it just wasn't it was not i mean they didn't even allow pepper in the stadiums (laughs) when you're playing (laughs) the, the guys before the stadiums they couldn't play that 
So a couple of tidbits I want to touch on. So Artie Lang tells a story in his book about watching the Yankees win the World Series with his father. Artie's father tells him to run on the field and meet him at shortstop. Artie quotes his father as telling him, don't worry, the cops won't beat up a kid. And I'll just tell them I have to find my son, so we'll be okay. Artie Lang, who, who so infamously blew up the Joe Buck shows, five minutes of fame yes. on HBO. Yep. And then in the late 70s, so I don't know if this is true, but I, I saw this. But the internet told you where I saw this. Yeah. The internet told me it was true. In the late 70s, when the Yankees were obviously good, winning World Series, the bleachers were a nuts place to be. Urban myth has it that Steinbrenner would hire off-duty and former New York City cops and give them carte blanche to do whatever they needed to do to clean it up. Supposedly, if they got you for doing something stupid, they took you to a little room underneath the stands where they had a, quote, discussion with you. I, I don't think it's that far-fetched. I, I, I do believe that uh, could be very, very true. Uh, you're looking at what, what was going on in New York in the 70s, like, there's, you know, there's a lot of things that are just very loose, I think, with the way. I mean, shit, when I was at, when I was at the stadium in 96, waiting for tickets online around the stadium uh, for World Series tickets, and a riot broke out, there were cops with nightsticks, the batons, beating the shit out of people trying to get in line. So, <laughs> yeah, things happened. <laughs> <laughs> shit happens. It's the Bronx. So, to Rudy's question about what would we do if we rushed the field during a walk-off, um, what would you do? Oh, so what would I do? Who would I, I don't know. Like my younger, in my younger days. Um, yeah, I probably would have been like, I don't know who I would have rushed. I don't think I would have rushed. I think I would have just gone on the field to run on the field. I don't think I would have gone at, at, at a player or anything like that. Like well, to, so to, to like give him a high five. Scenario, like it, what Rudy's asking is like thousands of people are rushing the field. And then that's just like a mob. And I don't want to be a part of that. Yeah. Well, I, if I were younger, like if it was like an NCAA, like thing like that, you mob the field. And you're just like trying to get in, get involved with it. I think that's it. You just try to go oh. out and get involved. So then you're not getting close to a player at that point. Well, no, I think you are. Because when that happens, they're all with the players on the court. Well, the famous Chris Chambliss home run. Yeah. To go to the World Series. And he's just truck sticking people as he's, yeah. as he's running. Was it, or is that Reggie Jackson? Yeah, Red, Chambliss came out to like bodyguard, I think, was, is the, is the way that But Chambliss hit the home run. The Reggie Jackson clip is the one you're thinking of. Yes. And I think someone, it was someone did the, come it out. It was after the Chambliss home run. Yeah, someone came out and was like running body, running, uh, I forget who it was, was running point for whoever it was. Um, no, it's, yeah, it's, a, it's an interesting, it's, it's, it's a good topic. I like it. I think yeah. I would just want to be part of the mob. If there was a walk-off, that means people are like, you know, going nuts at home plate. Like, you just go out there to be with them. Yeah. Just, just, just to yeah. enjoy the moment. So if there's one player that is rounding the bases that I'm okay getting in front of, it's definitely not Aaron Judge. And it definitely is Ronald Torres. Ronald Torres is no longer on this team. And, uh, oh, really? Yeah, I just wanted you to know that. I know you don't like him and you dismiss him as a person and as a player, but he's no longer on this team. Do we know where he is? He was with, he was with, the, he was with the Twins Cubs. for a minute. Remember? Twins. I was very nervous. Oh, right. I got very you were nervous. nervous. And then the Twins promptly got sw- swept again. Well, he, he wasn't on the roster. So so had he, had he been on the roster, could have been maybe a, he would have, they would have won a game. Not not the series, but a game could have been a different. I don't know. I mean, who knows? A lot of things could have gone differently. <clears throat> Andrew Campbell, who consistently submits mail ba- mailbags, his Twitter handle is at Real Camp Drew. What is your guy's all time favorite non Yankees game you've ever seen? For me, it was Game Six of the 2011 World Series, and he says hashtag David Freeze. So, I thought three games honestly. 
honest to God, came to mind immediately when I read this question. Just period the games? Con- He's a World Series game. Uh, no, Non-Yankees games. game period? Okay. Non-Yankees games, but I'm not going to remember some regular season games. So it's all going to be meaningful games. Yep. Cubs-Indians World Series Game 7. Okay, yep. Immediately came, comes to For my sure. mind. Do you remember the Padres-Rockies 2007 NL wildcard tiebreaker game? Nope. It was like a 13-inning back-and-forth game. The Rockies won 9-8, to and Matt Holliday did a belly flop to score the winning run. Um, I remember watching that game. It was back-and-forth the whole time. It was a really fun game to watch. And then, actually, the All-Star game at the old Yankee Stadium in 2008 The Josh Hamilton home run derby? <laughs> well, that, but also the next night, it was like a 15-inning game, and I remember yeah. staying up and watching that. It was like 1 o'clock in the morning, and I'm like watching this meaningless exhibition game and I'm like, why do I care about this thing? Yeah. Um, no, it's interesting. I think so what I think the the game that always stands out to me and it's not like I I was a I was young, but I, I've seen it so many times on loop because I used to go down to Vero Beach when I was a kid and we would watch Dodgers stuff. Like we used to go to Duke Snyder's restaurant and like there was a lot of Dodgers influence back down when I would uh, be down there during my summers. This is the Kirk Gibson home run game mm-hmm. um, for yeah. uh, Dodgers A's. It was 80, 1988. I have the... But I was I was three months old at the time. You were seven at I was the time, eight. right? Yeah, I was eight. Eight. Uh, okay, so yeah, so. I, I, I watched it when I was a kid, but I don't remember. I remember watching it on the, on the replays, but that's probably the number one that I, that I always remember. We're, we're thinking back from um, like some of these other games. Honestly, when I... <laughs> I drank a lot in college... And like, you know, probably for like five to six years Hold after on. college. Breaking, breaking news. Yeah, probably a little bit more than most people, though, I'd say. It was, it was a lot. And um, I just, my memory gets very fuzzy back then. Very fuzzy. It's hard well, for it's me. Also now, it's also now, it's now a long time ago. It's half your life ago. I know, but I, I think it's affected ago. my long-term memory for permanent, for, for good. It's just like any, it's any computer storage. Like the most recent stuff is going to be more readily accessible. Like that stuff you have to, it's like, not right there anymore. It's not the most recent thing that happened to you. A lot has happened to you in the last 20 years. Shit. A lot of, yeah. It seems like the last four years. The, the, last week. Having the kid, man, just erased everything. <laughs> it erased all of the other things. Well, you, you needed, your brain needed to make room for new important memories. I got to say, though, the, um, the, uh, some, of those, some of those derbies that they had a couple years ago in the World Series, Houston Dodgers, they were fun games. They were fun games to watch. Do they, does it, I know. knowing now what you know, yeah. taint anything? Because I was going to say that game five in Houston, where there was like a thousand home runs hit in the seventh inning or later. But now I'm just like, eh. No thanks. Is it more, impre- is it that more impressive that the Dodgers were doing it, though? Now that the Dodgers were like checking those, those, uh, the, the punches like at, every, at every stop almost. Like they really held in there against a team that was cheating their face off. When you, do you remember, did you root for either team in that World Series? I mean, I was probably, yeah, I was pulling for the Dodgers. I didn't like the Astros. I hated the Astros. Like, they, they, were, they annoyed the I, shit out of me. Even though the, even though the Yankees lost that, that ALCS to the Astros, I was not super upset the Astros won because I thought they were a very young, talented team and they had exciting players. And also the city of Houston was going through the hurricane issues at the time. So I was like, oh, this oh, is a flooding. good story. Yeah. I mean, again, like um, I've always but now now knowing what we know now, it sucks. Yeah. No, I've always leaned like skewed Dodgers for National League. So yeah, I was. You have, yeah, yeah. yeah. So I, was I, I have no allegiance Dodgers. to the Dodgers, but yeah, my, the allegiance is very, very small. It's like just nostalgia, really, from Vero Beach at this point. But it's uh, it has nothing to do with the the current team by any means. Um, 
but yeah, I mean, it's more impressive. Like I have more respect for the, the world series nationals this year than I, than I do for a lot of teams yeah. actually, because the, just listening to that post game, listening to that post game. Um, and they won all four games in Houston. Yeah. So like just watching that cumulative, like I thought this was a really good world series and I thought the nationals were a lot of fun to watch in the postseason period this year. Uh, but watching Strasburg do what he did against that team and then hearing him talk about it to me just cemented how good they were and how much they had to combat to beat this Astros team because they knew this stuff was happening. They knew something was happening. And, yeah. they, and they, they were smart enough to work all the way around it. And it was not easy to do. They had to get very complex with what they were doing between the battery, between catcher and pitcher. So I have a lot of respect for what the Nationals did. So another thing that comes to mind on this question, and I don't really recall the whole game, but I remember the moment because it's one of the most unique postseason moments ever is Robin Ventura's walk-off Grand Slam single. Yeah. yeah. Um, I, it was highlights. a Braves-Mets game. I got highlights yeah. there, but, you know. All right, so Ted Hubbard at T underscore Hubbard 28. What is the one unique rule change that MLB should implement this year as a test? It's going to be very strange and possible Throwaway year for MLB, so why not get weird with it? I think your guy, Arden Zwelling, covering the Jays, mentioned this. We talked about the schedule. My question is, is there anything in-game play, rules for the actual game, that you would like to see happen? No, I mean, Arden talked about getting weird, and he was just kind of going off a little bit. Uh, I don't know if he actually... He, he was pretty much open for anything. He was talking about shortening the game to, like, seven innings even. And uh, I, I'm not down with that. I'm not down with changing the actual game itself. I don't, I don't want them to change the game. Um, but what, well, what some things change it more than others, making it a seven inning game drastically changes it more than a pitch clock. But all that stuff to me, again, is not is not at the root of the problem. And it's just like some stupid band aid that's not really a band aid. Really, it's just a PR thing. And why do we do that now? It doesn't really matter. Um, if you look at the average length of a game, a baseball game in 162, and then you look at the average time of an NFL game. Guess what? Guess what's longer most of the time? The NFL game. Guess what has more action? The baseball game, if you look at all of the combined actual play. It's it's a it's one of those weird things that people just harp on. Yeah, but also one is once a week versus yeah, for sure. six or seven I get it. times a week. Like, it doesn't matter. People are going to cry about that stuff. Uh, don't change the game. Arden was talking about getting into some of the stuff they're doing in independent leagues. Why not bring that up right now? No. I'm not down with that stuff because to me that like having a runner start on second base and extra. Yeah, or, or being able or the, to what about swing and experimenting miss and more? What about experimenting more with auto strike zones? Fine. That's that's not a that to me that doesn't. That's really coming the anyway. Game. That doesn't change the game. That's just calling a better strike zone. Uh, that does change the game. I understand. It doesn't change the the fundamentals of the game. I don't think. No. It's a, that would I think that um I think that helps speed up the game because the strike zone is always going it's a to known be the quantity. Same. It's going to be consistent. So players are going to swing more consistently yeah. at the pitches they want to swing. Right. At. No. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. That's I got no problem with that one, but changing the game itself, like, eh, no, I don't want that. I don't want that period. So I don't want it in short season. I want a long season. I don't want any of that. I love the game. The game is great. Let's just <clears throat> stop crying about dumb things and you know, just appreciate it. So the last one, and we won't spend much time on this, but Taylor Jousey at Jousey Taylor on Twitter with the Astros and Red Sox caught cheating. How many other teams do you think have also been cheating but simply weren't caught? No way the Yankees did right. That topic would be interesting to me, but you may have already discussed it. We have discussed it at length. The reason I mention this question is because in my episode with Chad Jennings, we I asked him why is the Red Sox punishment still not out? Right, and he, and he thinks 
he theorizes that it's because MLB has done some digging and they realize it is what the Red Sox were doing, which is inappropriately using the video replay room to then relay signals to runners on second base is much more widespread than just the Red Sox and Astros and that MLB is trying to figure out how to handle that. And that's, that's his theory. And I would venture to guess that is not Chad Jennings making stuff up. Yeah, he's not really known for making things up. I, I, he's a smart guy that uh, usually speaks when, when he has a, a clear direction, I think. Um, look, we've talked about this. Like we, I, I think that's probably accurate. I think that is probably the case. There are, there are teams that were using in these, the, the video um, in inappropriate ways. When, when we're talking about the Astros and the Red Sox, to me, they're in different buckets. They're, not the, they're in different trash cans. Right. They're not the same. They are different, different levels. Like There's a, a clear, egregious way that's premeditated that is insanely arrogant that the, the Astros did. And then there's what the Red Sox did. They're the Red Sox. Like I have the ability to right now just thrash the team that I don't like, but I'm not going to do that because it's not objective. It's, they weren't doing the same thing. It wasn't the same thing. These, I, I, I agree I do with think you. That other, I do think that other teams are probably doing things similar to what the Red Sox were doing. And I, and like what ja, what uh, Chad Jennings is saying makes a hell of a lot of sense because Manfred already had said when he had that last press conference that they were going to announce it in a week, a week and a half. Well, why haven't we heard it? There's a reason why he said it then and has not had anything because they are trying to figure things out. I guarantee it. Because it's like, say, it's like a jury being hung, like being out for longer. Like they're trying to figure it out. If it was a clear decision, they would have come back with a, with a, uh, you know, a decision on what they're, what they're saying. But people are, are talking. Right. Because if they punish the Red Sox for doing what they did and then it comes out that the Twins were doing it and the Mariners were doing it and the Yankees were doing it and the Rangers were doing it and the Dodgers were doing it, then what? Yeah. Every, every team is suspended. Every team is penalized and stuff. So it's a slippery slope. Definitely check out that interview. We spend like 10, 15 minutes talking about the whole cheating scandal offseason and the fallout in the Red Sox because it certainly hit their organization, even though they were not doing it to the same level as the Astros. Very interesting stuff. Let's end this episode with out of left field. And that out is Sanchez destroys that to left field. There it goes. Deep to left. Really deep. In the air to left field. Back at the track at the wall. I pissed on a public building? Yeah. First of all, we want to hear your out-of-left-field stories, so call up the voicemail line 646-480-0342. We've gotten a couple in already, but we want to gather a bunch of good ones together, and we're going to do probably a standalone episode with these out-of-left-field stories, takes, questions. You guys can ask us a question about one of our out-of-left-field stories, whatever it may be. We want to hear the good ones. Again, 646-480-0342. Scott, you have a doozy of a story. Before I do that, too, the, um, a couple a couple different things, a couple plugs for what we're doing internally as well. Um, the spring training stuff, I want to uh, – we're, we're, refunds are being issued right now. Like I started on Friday, going to continue um, probably tonight and into tomorrow. They will all be adjusted for the refunds on – uh, people who purchase tickets to spring training, whether it hits your bank account tomorrow or the next day, I have no control of that. I do not know. It is happening. All of your money is being refunded. That I can promise you. Um, also, JJ is doing something from George's Box. He is taking, he's doing more of a, he's doing a daily show kind of thing where he's calling something Yankees. Basically, if you have a story and you want to talk about the Yankees, whether it's something on the field, whether it's something that happened to your family, any interesting story about the topic, uh, about the Yankees, doesn't really matter what it is. That's kind of the whole point of this. We're all at home. We're all isolated. We're all doing our thing. Call up. 
uh, and and you know go back and forth with JJ for 10, 15 minutes. That's all it is. Short well, not, segment. Not call up. So he tweeted out from the George's Box account and from his account um, a form that you use to submit right. with your Twitter handle and the topic you want to talk about, and then you'll schedule a time. And then you talk like to 10, him. 10 minutes and you talk to him and then those episodes will be released daily. I'm, I'm really looking for that. It's fun. I'm yeah. looking forward those to those will be on the George's boxes feed. Also the guys running the MLB, the show, the 161 boys, go give them a follow They're They put out some really good content. Those guys are pumping out a whole bunch of videos and a lot of stuff. Uh, you know, they're, they are, um, they're, they're a lot of fun. They, they give you a totally different view, obviously, than, than uh, Andrew and I, different view than, than uh, Nick and JJ. So I think we're, we're, we're touching on a lot of different demographics, really, with all these uh, different Yankee shows. They're a lot of fun, man. I've become... Can I confess something? Go ahead. I'm a little jealous of them being like right out of college yeah. during this quarantine. I know. Because like... I've been trying to live through them a little bit, too. I'm not going to Being lie. 22 years old and being on quarantine life sounds a lot more fun than being 31 years old yeah. or your undisclosed age and being on quarantine. Yeah. <laughs> I, I've, I've been uh, like playing some of the MLB, the show with these guys and like on some of their chats. And I'm just like, man, this is, this, I remember this, like this was, this used to be a lot of fun. Uh, yeah. But no, they're, they're, they're good dudes. And they, uh, they're, they're smart baseball guys too. And they put out a lot of really good content. So uh, excited for them to be part of the team um, out of left field. Okay. <laughs> this story is disgusting. It's exactly why it's more fun to be them on quarantine and not you on quarantine. So our quarantine life is we've been we've been kind of loosely attempting potty training with Kemp. Kemp's two and a half years old right now, and we've been doing it for I'd say a few months. Uh, you know, we were kind of we're, we're more along the lines of like you know letting him just getting him to the point where he's got to go to the bathroom to to make sure that he's understanding the feeling and then going into the into the potty as we call it. And, uh, you know, just kind of understanding that feeling and then making that decision on himself. We use, we're using quarant- this quarantine time to just go all in at this point because we're getting sick of it. Like, it's getting gross. He's getting too old. Like, it's, it's getting nasty. Like, the poop is becoming a real thing. And, and I'm sick of changing it, honestly. <laughs> so we're like, let's just go for it. And the way that we do that, we've, my sister has done that, did this with her kids. A lot of other people have done it. You go no pants. You just go no pants. They figure it out pretty quick. You get some accidents occasionally. But it's like, you know, it's, it's the last it's the last stand really is what it is. So I'm up in my office working during the day. This is last week. My wife is uh, is home. She she does. Uh, she works in the school system. So she's not in the school system and she's at home all day with Kemp now. And there. So that's why we're doing it. Like she's there all day, can monitor it, help him do these things. Um, he gets the look on his face. OK, eyes, eyes get a little bit wider. The redness starts coming into the face. You start seeing some things going on here. They're like, okay, Kemp, you got to go. You got to go. And like, we know the signs now. And he's like, yep. And then he starts running and then like, oh, <laughs> doesn't make it. <laughs> like, you know, pinching it. Pinch, pinches one. Hold on. Pinches one off. Turd, drop, turd <laughs> drops to the floor. Continues to run. Like my wife is like, all right, we, we're going to go. Because if you finish, you do something on there. It's like a, trying to make it a positive experience and all these things. He goes, finishes the job on the potty. Yay, high fives, almost buddy. We did it. We were close. You recognized it. Didn't get there yet. Happened a little faster. Shit happens, for lack of a better term. Okay, so good. They uh, they do that. My they have a sticker board. My wife does like a sticker. If he tried, if he goes pee pee, if he goes poo poo, stickers. Loves it. It's a system that's working. <laughs> and in today, Wait, he's at pee pee poo poo. Today, today, the kid hasn't had an accident in like two days. So we're. Progre- progression is happening. It's, it, it's all happening. Yeah, the, right stickers, the stickers are working. The stickers are working. 
Uh, so she goes back to clean up the poop because that's what happens. Poop's on the floor. Poop's not on the floor. <laughs> Poop's not on the floor. Poop is no longer on the floor. The poop. You didn't clean it up. The poop has gone missing. I am. Bevan didn't clean it up. I am certainly not down there. I am up in my office still doing work, doing my thing. I get a text message. She goes, I don't know whether to laugh, cry, or throw up. Maddie came around and apparently took care of the poop. Maddie Maddie took care of the the turd. She didn't, you know, she didn't want Kemp to feel bad about it. So she just, she took care of it. Oh God. So Maddie came up and cleaned, it was the cleanup crew and, uh, and, and ate the poop question mm-hmm. and for everyone listening at home gonna get a little graphic right now how Keep, solid was this poop so my wife's family has has definitely they, they've been known to exaggerate so it's it, this is up to, for debate i'm not sure if i believe her she says it was not small she says it was not small and that it was pretty significant and that was like a big thing for her she's like it wasn't but what does that mean she's like she's like but it wasn't small like it was a it was a pretty good sized piece of poop. Like it was not a, it, but it was a single piece. It was a solid piece. It, yeah. She, she refers to it as a log. A log is usually going to at least cross the bowl. And that's, I got to tell you like to get graphic again. So not safe for work, but who, who's actually at work anymore? Everybody's just at home. So <laughs> it's safe for home. Uh, uh, you will be surprised how small human beings can produce massive poops. Huge poops. Mm. Like I am, I am like, what? How did that possibly come out of you? And as they get a little older, I remember my little brother, who's younger, like much younger than me. <laughs> he was. There was there were some things that happened there. Like when they get a little bit older, they hold some. Some kids can hold it for longer, and like sometimes they don't want to go. Like they'll just they'll get in weird things, and like yeah. they get in like you know four or five years old, and they'll hold it longer. But guess what? It's still accumulating. Things are still going on. <laughs> and if you've ever seen cheese come out of a spray can like you know expansion okay and sometimes those things could get freaking huge so yeah so it's but that that wasn't a situation with kemp kemp wasn't holding it he just no but he's been holding a little he's trying to but it's still like bigger than you think (laughs) yeah it's bigger than you think so yeah i think maddie uh how did you do you uh brush maddie's teeth did you give her a a minty treat i gave her i gave her a few of those dental chew things that they like say yeah so i gave her a few of those outside um, give her a lot of water, <laughs> pretty much quarantined her to drink the water, then gave her another bowl of food, mixed in some like good stuff in there so she would eat it, really get that thing out of, you know. Uh, yeah, so the question is, is like when she's pooping, is that, is that, is that too far? <laughs> that poop? Kemp's is poop, poop is coming out. <laughs> Whose poop is that? What happens to poop? So, if you're, so, so if what you, happens to poop? If you, you, if you break it down here. and you like think about what actually poop is, it's food that you've eaten. So dogs you know, human poop, like that's just your food coming out, you know? Yeah. Dogs do it, man. Well, that's what happens. Like my sister's dog eats her own poop or did for a while. Like that's disgusting. Are you a guy who lets the dog lick your face? No, she doesn't lick the face. She doesn't. I, I don't like when dogs lick my face. No. Yeah. But, but I do get close to my dog. I have no problem yeah. still. Yeah. I, yeah. Like she, she eats gross. Just things. block it out. By the way, she's eating squirrels. She's like, she's been, what? she's gotten a dead squirrel in the past. Like she's like been there. Like they've eaten dogs. And eat, ate the squirrel. She shouldn't, shouldn't eat the taking squirrel. A, taking a chunk no, out no, of no, the but like in the Was it the squirrel? It, no, it was not the squirrel. This was before the squirrel. So maybe that's part of the revenge thing. The, um, but you know, I've seen dogs get birds. I've seen dogs get other things. Like dogs eat gross shit all the time. 
Yeah. Like this is just more of like you know where it came from and you know damn well that it happened. <laughs> so there's a friend, there's a visual here that's bad. My friends just it, got it makes, a dog. Makes me want to throw up actually thinking about it too. <laughs> my friends got a dog like six months ago. At this point, um, maybe within that. Anyway, the dog just loves eating sticks. Not that that's really gross, but it's every two feet that there's a stick, picks up the stick, starts chewing yeah. on it. And it'll just eat so many sticks that it just starts throwing up. Yeah. I mean, so dogs got another limits. Every dog I've ever had eats the grass when the, when the uh, spring comes. I don't understand it. They eat it when their stomach hurts. So when they have an upset stomach, they go and eat grass. But then they eat grass and it makes their stomach. That's got to be like a natural instinct kind of thing. But right? they eat the grass and it makes their stomach upset. So the, when they when they go out there for the first time and they eat the grass, it starts a, an endless cycle of just a really annoyance because then they just throw up the grass and bile and like it's a it's a it's a very annoying thing that every dog I've ever known does. It's like why does every dog ever do this? But they do. They do it. Um, but yeah. So dogs are like they're not the smartest things in the world all the time. That's why I kind of like them. They're kind of like doo doo. Like dogs just kind of go around. You know, they're not malicious like cats are. Cats cats are premeditating like to end your life. My dog is just going to, guess what? Going to help clean up. That's all it is. Going to help clean that up. That cat, the cat would have like pushed the poop into an area that you weren't expecting it. So you'd step in it. Or kept it somewhere would have smelled and hid it for a long time. Or <laughs> hit it underneath or, the couch. Or picked up the poop and thrown it at us in some capacity. Yeah. The cat would have been very evil with it in some way. Or brought it to my pillow. Yeah, the cat would have been an asshole. But <laughs> put it on your pillow. Yeah, so now everybody has pink eye. Now we're working about, worried about coronavirus. Now we have pink eye. Thanks, thanks to the cat. Yeah. You want to know the other well, benefit a... of the other benefit of uh, having a dog during this uh-huh. uh, during this epidemic? Yeah. You know, sometimes you don't have toilet paper. A lot of, a lot of, oh, toilet, a lot of toilet paper shortage. You know what I'm saying? So if you have a dog that can, you had to go take, there, take care of it. Are you stocked up on toilet paper? Do you have enough? We have a count now. We're at 17 rolls. There's a website that a coworker sent around um, where you can put in how many times you use the bathroom and how many rolls of toilet paper it has and how long you'll last. Yeah, but are you a guy that can adjust? That's my question because I, I feel like I'm a guy that can adjust and be creative with the folding. So I, I, I don't know if I, I want to say this. I, 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 <laughs> I tweeted out something. They didn't get a lot of social action because, but if you, it's funny because if you look at the engagement, like a lot of people actually did read it. Nobody just wants to admit that they read it, but it's the bunching and the, um, and the folding and actually, which is like, first of all, I think you're a psychopath if you do one of the two. And I don't believe anything in that article because it's, it goes down to the nerds and the analytics a little bit. Um, what do you do? I'm a fold. You fold. Yeah, I fold. And I feel like that's more efficient too. You're going to use less toilet paper. And one would think, one would think, but the nerds in this article also break it down to not so much. Okay. Well, I'm not, there's too many risk factors of bunching where things can slip through and that's not what you I agree. I like to know what's between my fingers and what I'm wiping. Are you a, are, (laughs) are you like a thick, fluffy toilet paper guy? Are you like a, like I like the Scott, thousand count it's pretty thin but I, that's just what i like the feel of it i'm also a dry wet dry guy oh god <laughs> we might have to cut this <laughs> um i are you I don't, like a I, cotton l like fluffy yeah, toilet yeah i'm paper? not using sandpaper on my ass it's not sandpaper i just don't like the fluffy stuff okay i'm using i don't feel like it cleans as well <laughs> You brought up the poop dog Look, story, I can, so you know what? I, this was a natural progression. I got I to gotta say, you wrote that in there. I didn't. I was going to talk about it anyway, but you it was... You tweeted about it. Um, I was going to talk about it anyway. 
So you're so, you're very regimented in things that you do. Like you're very, or you're way more organized than I am. So I could see like methodically you have like way too many things that I don't really want to know about, honestly. And I don't think anybody wants to know about. I think we can all use our, if you've listened to the show long enough, people can imagine what probably the process is there. So yeah. I like, I think a lot of people at the end of the day, I want my, I want to be nice, you know, the job taken care of. And I don't want my ass to hurt from the sandpaper. Bottom line. As we've been, as we've been in quarantine, Leanne has picked up even more so on my OCD habits, even though we've lived together for at this point, almost three years. They're going to really show too. I'm a little worried. (laughs) I'm kind of worried for you, honestly. I I need like a Xanax or something to just (laughs) calm me down. We're going to end it there. I might have to cut all the last 10 minutes of this. Probably Any, anything else you want to discuss? No, that's it, man. Just uh, I hope everybody's staying sane and safe. and Stay healthy. Stay safe. Yeah. Keep listening to the show. Rate and review it. We've got two more episodes definitely on the schedule coming out this week. Maybe I'll do another history show um, later this week or next week. So good stuff. Talk to you next time. Hey guys, thanks for listening to the Bronx Pinstripe Show. Make sure you find us on iTunes and subscribe so you can get all new episodes directly onto your phone. If you do like the show, we'd love for you to take a minute and give us a five-star rating and review on iTunes. It really helps us out and allows us to create more shows. We're on Twitter at Bronx Pinstripes and the same on Facebook. You can always find us there talking Yankee baseball. Thanks again, guys, for your support. Really appreciate it. And go Yankees.